Welcome to Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak, where we explore the tools and tactics that drive improvement. If you're hungry for more and better, if you want to move past hype and discuss how, you're in the right place. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine. There's a lot of talk about time management. (laughs) There's a lot of books and podcasts and good friends of mine who've done some really excellent work on time management. But I do not think there is enough conversation about energy management. See, yes, time is valuable. Uh, They say time is the most precious thing. Nobody can get more of it, right? Doesn't matter how wealthy you are or how successful, uh, we all have the same amount of time. And I agree, and time management is important, and we should do a good job of managing our rare resources. But there's this is the problem about time. There's a real barrier here we need to think about, is that time flows like a steady river for all of us, marching forward at the same fixed rate, whether you're ready for it or not. Young or old, rich or poor, the same amount of time is available every day for everybody. So honestly, the question is not whether you have time. Of course you do. The question is whether you have the energy to make good use of your time. The biggest variable on your life is not your time. Do you have time? The biggest variable is do you have the energy to fully use the time that's coming at you whether you got it or not? Listen, an obvious example of this is uh, when you get sick. If you've got a health issue, maybe just you have the regular uh, you know, COVID or a flu comes by and knocks you down. Um, or if you have an ongoing one, you, you know this even more deeply than the rest of us. Man, you may have a day, all day with nothing to do, no, no demands on you. You have, we are wealthy in your time. But because your energy is down, you can't do anything with all that wealth. Doesn't matter that you had a Saturday completely unbooked. Look at all that luxury time. Look at all that space. Yeah, if I don't have the energy to engage. And, and the opposite is true too. If you are at your best, I mean, energy is firing it and you're just humming on all cylinders. Man, you can do in a few hours. Now, I don't just mean more accomplishment. You can do more than most. I mean, you can enjoy yourself your most. You'd be fully engaged, present in the moment. Soak it up. A 30-minute conversation. A walk around the block for 15 minutes. These simple little things can be rich and beautiful and powerful. But dang it, you have to have enough energy to actually get around the block, to mentally engage with somebody, to listen. You have to have energy to use time. Now, okay, there are conversations. I say you got the time casually, like, yeah, everyone's got time. No, there are real life situations. I mean, uh, when you have uh, infants and toddlers who just demand tons of time and energy and to physically keep them alive or mentally keep them from losing it, yeah, you, you have less time when you're in that zone than you do when your kids are teenagers or out of the house. Um, absolutely. There are life circumstances that suck more time than others. But man, again, Time is not the only factor, energy. Now, here's the good news. Unlike time, you can get more energy. You do not have a fixed amount of energy. We have got several levers we can pull. When we think about upgrade engines and all this stuff, man, it requires energy to pull this off. So 
oh, well, gosh, I hope, no, you get to do something about the amount of energy you have. I, now, if any of you figure out how to get more time um, and, and pull a lever to get like add hours to your day, please contact me immediately. I would be eager to figure out how to put more actual time into my equation. Until then, what I'm trying to figure out how to do is have enough energy to fully engage with my time. You got to manage your energy. So let me give you four levers you can pull. There's more, but these four are the biggest, the, the most universal and have the biggest impact that you can do. And I've coached a lot of executives and worked with a lot of um, individual leaders from young folks, rock stars rising up to, to folks who are retirement trying to figure out who they are and what they're doing. And I'll tell you the first thing we talk about when I talk about maximize your life and improvement, yeah, not strategy and not the grand stuff that I typically get into that, that people typically come to me for. You know what I really go to if I'm going to try to individually engage with somebody and help them maximize their life? I ask about their sleep. Nothing else is more fundamental to your ability to show up. How are you sleeping? Are you getting at least eight hours of rich, real sleep? This is the most overlooked and significant factor for your performance in your life. I don't just mean like physically, energy-wise, I won't be less sleepy. I mean mentally, your ability to perform, to be precise, to be creative, to have a good memory. Emotionally, I, I mean, can we just be honest? When I am sleep-deprived and exhausted, I am not gracious and patient like I am when I have all my energy. It is so much harder to be, even simple things like to listen, just to, to be engaged in a conversation and really be curious and lean into what they're saying versus like, yeah, yeah, get to the point. I want to get back to something that makes me feel good. I, yeah, it, when I'm tired, I get selfish. Emotionally, relationally, the ability to, to stay awake and engage with somebody, to, to pour out your heart, to be patient with somebody else's frustrations. You want to talk about job performance? Yeah, mentally. I mean, if your job's physical, yes. Did you know that being sleep deprived can have as big or bigger of an impact on driving as being drunk does? Yeah, it's pretty serious. Um, so if you're sleep deprived and drinking, like you are a walking uh, death wish. Like this is really bad scenario here. Sleep is massive. By the way, sidebar, it's also super important. Like you can lose weight. You can lose five to 10 pounds uh, in a quarter just by shifting your sleep from unhealthy to healthy. It is huge. How is your sleep? Oh, by the way, the worst way to gauge your sleep is how tired you feel when you wake up. See, ironically, one of the things that degrades when you get sleepy, one of the mental functions that, that gets less precise is your ability to gauge your own energy. And I, anecdotally, you've had this experience too. Like when you wake up fully rested for the first time, say you got vacation, I just had a vacation and let myself sleep in. It's like, oh man, I didn't realize how tired I was until I got rested. Now I'm like, oh, I forgot what it felt like to be rested. The part of the brain that monitors that is one of those things that gets degraded. You don't notice till after the fact how tired you really are. There's tests to show this. So they'll report, I'm not that tired. Yep, yep, you are. You just don't feel it. So there are lots of ways we could play. We could probably do a whole episode on sleep. Maybe I will at some point talk about the bed setup that I put a lot of time and effort into fiddling with the right equipment for my bed to make sure that my bed is the right softness. Uh, I've got a little temperature pad on it even, a special kind of pillow. It's not complicated, actually. It just 
discovered whether thin or thick pillows work better for my sleep style. I mean, simple stuff, right? I found them. What my wife uses thick. I use thin, by the way. She teases me about it. Um, yes, they're extremely thin little pillows, but that's my sleeping style. The thick, thick pillows, I wake up with a headache or a nick crick kind of headache. Yeah, just fiddle with it. Start experimenting and try to get more sleep and more quality sleep. But before you get into all the fancy like tools, are you just even in the bed long enough? If you want eight hours of sleep, you need to be in the bed at least eight and a half hours because there's a little bit of time it takes to actually go to sleep and you may have occasional interruptions in the middle of the night. You know, get up to go to the bathroom, got kids or pets. I mean, a lot of kind of stuff happens, right? So eight and a half hours laying in bed with the lights off and things down. Are you even doing that? Basic stuff, guys. Sleep. Do not blow past this. It, now, it, people will say, gosh, I don't have that time. I'm too busy. Remember, we talked about time is the same amount. Here's the irony. If you fully sleep, then when you are awake, you will actually be able to more fully engage, get more work done faster, engage more. It'll be richer and more meaningful. People think that they're getting more life. They're like, oh, this is how you get more time is you don't sleep enough. They say you sleep less, right? I'm saying you don't sleep enough. And what you've actually done is sucked your energy levels down so that you can't fully engage with the time you do have. And you may have more hours awake than I do, and you're getting a lot less joy and accomplishment out of them. Get your sleep. Trust me, run the experiment. For seven days, just get enough sleep. You can do this for seven days. Find a week where nothing ridiculous is going on. Make yourself either go to bed earlier or get up a little earlier and try it and just see after seven days. You got seven nights. You can do this. See if you don't get more done and have more fun in the same process. So sleep. Okay, I will move off the sleep topic, but it's huge. The second lever you can pull to get more energy. Oh man, I apologize for this one. Um, avoid the carb crash. Carb carbohydrates when you're eating. Man, I have run this experiment. I just did it again this year. I did it twice this year because I was like, really? Really? Like, is this really true? Dang it. It's really true. When you load up heavy on carbs, especially junk carbohydrates, not like fruits and grains, the good stuff. I mean like ice cream and chips, right? Um, you have French fries and you know candy. I, I, listen, you got to understand, I love food. I especially love desserts. If you ever like hang out with me, you know, man, I, I could... I could go out, we could probably do multiple episodes on desserts. I've got theories on the different categories of desserts and the type of people that are drawn to one style or the other and the best pattern of how to match desserts and dessert pairings. Like I get pretty serious about my desserts. We, we may have anywhere between six to 10 cartons of ice cream in my house at any one time. Like it, it's just, it's not special events. Like that's a normal, like, well, yeah, I mean, we, we got ice cream. Of course you do. I love me some dessert, but I'm telling you when I load up on carbs... There is a predictable crash of energy following that. It's about two to three hours for me. Uh, some people, it's a little faster. Some people, it's slower. Experiment, run with yourself. It's, it's a fun experiment, right? You eat a bunch of ice cream and then uh, manage your energy for the next hour to four hours. Just kind of make a little alarm and have it check and say, how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? And I'm telling you, two to three hours after I have a pile of carbs, I crash in energy. I functionally lose the ability to engage fully in my life. And it takes me two to three hours until I revamp and my body kind of processes what I just did to it. Now, listen, we just went through the holidays and I mean, I deliberately said, it's Christmas. I am going to have some desserts. 
My family made big epic pile of desserts. There was a whole like dessert buffet. We all, you know, kind of potluck came together and pitched our desserts and put them on a, a big, you know, a countertop. I was like, I'm doing it. I mean, I'm doing it. My nieces and nephews made special things and they were excited for me to try them and talk about them. Oh yeah. Now I crashed. It, I think it's worth it. Every now and then, I think it might be worth it to have some fun with that. But know that if you're doing that on the regular, you're just giving up hours of your life for minutes of dessert sweetness. Listen, I don't underestimate the power of carb the carb cravings. I mean, it's a real biological thing. There are cells in your stomach that are wired to your brain through the vagus nerve. They're sent there to trigger the presence of sugars and fats. This isn't about flavor. It's in your stomach. We're right past your mouth. And when you get them, they trigger dopamine, which is the chemical of craving, the chemical of desire and pursuit. And so, I mean, dopamine's with things like, um, you know, uh, drugs, uh, many of the, the hardcore drugs, so cocaine, I think, if I'm getting this right, triggers that. So, like, it's pretty serious now. There's not intense level like cocaine's, but, like, carb craves a real thing. It's not just I like the taste. Um, I'm aware of the danger of this once in a while. I think it's a treat, but, man, hours, hours of your life serving this carb beast. I have lived it. And I'm telling you, man, I wish I wasn't, this wasn't true, but it's not worth it. I'm, I'm this year been really working on trying to put more boundaries around my carb loading and do it on purpose rather than do it because I am subservient to the craving. And I got to tell you, the energy, the fun, the relationships, the work, the energy I've gotten out of it, watch out for the carb crash, get sleep, avoid the carb crash. Now, let me shift, turn the corner. Those first two are uh, exhausting, hard, deep, like, deep, deeply difficult, has taken me several years to slowly get better at each of those things. I still have more work to do. I am far from perfect in those, but I, I'm I'm, pro- I'm making progress. It's working, but yeah, those are hard. Man, this one's fun. Let me give you another lever to pull. Lever three or four is just really fun. Connect with some close friends. I mean, find those people that are energy givers to you. Uh, hopefully, you know at least one or two of those. And maybe Maybe it's been a while. Maybe they're like one of your best friends from college or previous job or even childhood. And you're like, man, we just, whenever I talk to her, whenever I hang with him, it is just, it's great. We need to do this more often. And I remember this about 20 years ago, one of my buddies had that kind of conversation. We're like, man, just when I talk to you, it's just, we need to do this more often. And he's like, well, why don't we? Why don't we just put something on the calendar and do this more often? And we were living out of state from each other. We, this is pre-cell phones, I guess 25 years ago now. Um, you know, so there was like, you'd call and they weren't home. Like, oh, well, like, we'll just put something and we're both going to be on the phone and we'll just make something happen. We'll just, I think it was every two weeks. Maybe it was every week. I can't remember how we did this at the early days, but it was semi-frequently we got together and just said, let's just have a conversation and talk about our life. That's simple, man. Now, maybe you got someone local, you can go grab a monthly coffee with them. Do a quick phone call. Don't overcomplicate this. With Zoom and virtual, this stuff gets even easier. People are the single biggest source of energy in our lives. Now, okay, let me phrase that. They're also the single biggest source of energy suck in our life, right? Like they drain you or they pour into you. Our relationships are intense and immediate. Like in one conversation, you can radically change. So, Yes, there's some effort required, but the math is beautifully broken here. I show up, my buddy shows up, we both pour into each other, and we both walk away feeling like we got more energy out of it than we put into it. When you find that kind of friendship, 
make a big deal out of it. Not only is it more fun, not only will you learn things, but it will provide a deep and meaningful source of energy for you to handle the rest of your life. And by the way, this is just as true for men as women. Women tend to be more practiced at this culturally. Women have more um, kind of precedent and encouragement to sit around and have good conversations. But I got to tell you, men, now men, we got to talk about different things, you know, different things I'm passionate about or things I want to cover with you in my life than what the women want to talk about maybe. But, but having a buddy to get really real with and have deep conversations, it's profound, man. It's truly profound. And by the way, I get to do this with my spouse. Rachel and I, we have a marvelous relationship. We're truly, truly, she's my best friend. And there's still something valuable about having uh, some of my buddies. I got a few guys that we just get together on the regular and, and talk on deeply. And it's, um, it's one of the best things in my life. I think of my ability to be a good husband, be a good father, be a good leader, be a good consultant. All the stuff I do is radically enhanced by the fact that these guys on a regular basis are pouring into me and listening to me. So, Go out of your way. Find at least one person you can do this with. And then my last lever to pull is find purpose for your life. When your life story is about you, satisfying your own desires, maximizing your own comfort, keeping yourself entertained, uh, you're going to experience a steadily decreasing return of energy. Honestly, it's just not worth it. Each experience just is a little bit less enjoyable and a little less energizing than the last one should be. I've tried this. I, I've had the chance to travel the world and do epic things. One of my all-time favorite activities is skiing. And then last year, last last winter, last ski season, I happened to be um, doing a, a presentation, leading a workshop up literally like a half a mile from a ski resort. And so we were doing this whole deal and long story short, I was like, dang, I'm not going to fly out there, do this whole thing and be right next door to my favorite activity. But I hadn't, I didn't bring anybody with me. I was just the speaker myself running my own workshop. There was no family. There was no team. It was just kind of like Scott Wozniak's got this. Cool. Did it. The conference went great. Did the workshop. Delayed my flight so that I could have a chunk of time. Went to go do this uh, skiing. Uh, it's the weirdest thing. I quit an hour into it. I mean, I purchased a whole lift ticket, got everything set up, and an hour into it, I didn't want to do it anymore. Now, then I did another ski trip, I think about five weeks after that, if I remember my details right, and I did this one with my family, and it was amazing. And I was like, oh man, I thought, maybe I don't love skiing as much. Oh, I do love skiing. The difference is skiing alone, just for me by myself, versus skiing with my family. Now I'm also getting some buddies together and we're going to plan in a ski trip this season, uh, heading out to Vail and do some fun stuff there. I mean, so do it with my boys, doing it with my family. I love that. Doing it by myself. I mean, I, I put on headphones and I cranked it out and I was like, and it was fun for a little bit, but when it's about me, when it's only about my piece, that's just not that exciting. Um, listen, there is a bigger story. That's the good news. Deep down, I think we all know that there's something bigger going on here than just making ourselves feel good. And as long as we get stuck in that narrow little self-centered focus, it's hard to get up and get motivated about anything. And the good news is there is a real big story and you have been invited to play a meaningful role. There is a creator. I've met him. He's amazing. 
uh, not physically in person, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually. I've had some pretty profound experiences. I can get into the philosophy. I can get into the science. Um, there's a whole other podcast, and I'm not here to try to, to get into the weeds of that. Glad to talk about any of it. But there's a real conflict between good and evil and a real story going on, and you have been invited to play a part. You get to show up and be good in the world and make a difference and actually matter and all that stuff is true and you were made for it. And yes, until you figure out the bigger story and your own personal contribution, your purpose, it's going to be hard to get excited. And, and here's why I'm saying this is not to get on you, hammer this, it's man, when you do, those of you who found it, you can testify to this. When you do figure out what your purpose is, the energy source it provides is truly hard to put into words. It's amazing how even very difficult things can be done when you see the purpose behind it. Let me give you one quick micro example. If you've been a parent and you've had a child, the amount of work you will do, physically exhausting, mentally demanding stuff, and, and you know, I'll be right on the edge of like, what am I doing? And then you catch the vision and you remind yourself of your child and how much you love when you're doing it for your children to bless them, grow them, serve them, and give them a, a good life. I Suddenly your energy, like, I, it's still 3 a.m. I'm still exhausted. They're still crying. And I got it. I, I remind myself one more time. I'm doing for something that matters. Now multiply that times 100 when you see the bigger grand story in the world and why what your kid's purpose is and helping your kid have purpose. And it, it starts stacking and getting pretty amazing. Some of the most satisfying, motivating energizing experiences I ever had were also very exhausting. It's just that I saw how like powerfully they contributed to the purpose of good in the world and my particular calling. What's your calling? What's the story you're living in and how do you contribute? How do you show up as light and make a real difference? These are radically different things that change the way you show up and have energy in the world. I, listen, you and I have the same amount of time. The 24 hours is the same cycle. We're, none of us get to fiddle with that. That lever is fixed in place, but we don't have the same amount of energy. I have had seasons in my life where I've had a lot more and a lot less energy. You get to make much better use. So think about managing your energy. Get some sleep. Be very strategic about where you do carb loading. Find at least one really true friend that can pour into you and find your purpose. And you will find that the same days that you have are suddenly more engaging, more exciting, more productive, more satisfying. You can fill the energy tank and make excellent use of your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Upgrade Engines with Scott Wozniak. If you wanna hear more of my thoughts on life and leadership, you might want to sign up for my weekly newsletter at www.scottwozniak.com slash upgrade. That's S-C-O-T-T-W-O-Z-N-I-A-K.com slash upgrade. You'll get a cool quote, a deep thought, and a recommendation for something that I use and love. It's not long, and it should be fun. The theme is similar to this podcast, but it's not the same content. And if you're a leader who wants to build a legendary brand, you can check out my company's website to learn how we can help at www.swazconsulting.com. That's S-W-O-Z consulting.com. Change really is possible. Dreams can come true. It may take a while, 
but you can upgrade anything if you build the right engine.